Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright says it believes you see, one playwright says you, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind. The goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there's goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. All right. May the 4th be with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, all right. We've got the whole gang here. We've got Deb and Craig here. And I uh, I was stumbling a little bit. Man, i gotta, I got to do my articulations before I do this. Aluminum linoleum. <laughs> Unique New York. Anyway, um, how's everybody doing? I'm good. Yeah. Good. Deb, how are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. I got a lot of sleep yesterday. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Took the day off work and slept on and off all day. And you got to say happy birthday to your baby. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Deb. Thank is that you. right? Is it your birthday? That's right. Oh, That's right. Don't, don't let it go away. Bad me. Happy birthday, Deb. Thank you. All righty. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, women in the Bible, most especially Mary Magdalene and uh, Mary the... Um, there's the another other? Mary. Yeah, the, the other Mary. <laughs> That's <laughs> how they refer to her, the other Mary. Yeah, other Mary. who discovers <laughs> that the uh, who discovers <laughs> that the tomb uh, is empty and Jesus has risen. Um, so let's. I will engage. I think Elizabeth some, was there. Yeah. Exactly. There were a bunch of women. So we're going to talk about women in the Bible. This is a pre Mother's Day uh, episode because we're not going to be here for Mother's Day because I'm going to be going away to D.C. So this will be a pre Mother's Day uh, episode. So um, I'll engage us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning, this chipper and um, breezy Saturday morning. We thank you, we love you, and we praise your name. We um, we ask that you um, bless us as we look into your Bible and uh, focus in on what you have to teach us. We believe that you are giving a sermon each and every day. All we have to do is just to listen, to open up our hearts, and to take in what you have to tell to us. And we try to spread the word. We are not ministers. We are not masters of the word. Uh, we are simply servants, and we simply want to understand and um, extrapolate, you know, through our thinking, what you have to teach to us and to spread that to the world, as we believe you want us to. And we ask that everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we are is touched with the love of you. We thank you so much, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. All righty. So, Craig, you've got the keys to the car. All right. Uh, well, this week in Bible study, uh, we did the road to Damascus. Everybody's heard that phrase before. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that was the conversion of of Saul or Paul. Yeah. And uh, and that was great. It was interesting. I liked it. You know. And then the, I think the week before that, it was talking about Joseph of Arimathea, the guy who, you know, said like, "Hey, I'm going to take down." Jesus from the cross and put him in the tomb, which was kind of pretty much unheard of. Yeah. You know, I mean, usually they just leave him there. Yep. Uh, but he got, because he was a big, you know, politico at the time, everybody said, like, okay, you're rich and influential. You can do what you want. So they laid they laid him in a tomb, which was kind of uh, unusual, especially before, you know, somebody who was, you know, whose punishment was supposed to stay on the cross uh, indefinitely. 
and uh, even after death. So, but in the spirit of uh, Eastertide, which is where we are now, I, and also Mom's Day, uh, I, I kind of wanted to put an influence on, on the women in the gospel. And specifically, um, I, 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 I thumbed around and tried to find the best version or the one I thought was most interesting version of the resurrection. And this is uh, Luke uh, chapter 24, 1 through uh, 12. And I'll go ahead and read a, in the NIV version, if that's okay. Sure. I got Reg's Bible here, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm very grateful. Thank you for letting me. Yeah, yeah, this. no problem. <clears throat> anyway, so starting on uh, uh, Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Jana, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying, beside, lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. There you go. I like that you chose Luke for this because Luke is more of a flourish, joy-filled kind of uh, writer. He's always looking I for agree. the positive. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, when I hear the language, I didn't watch the words while you were saying that. Yeah. When I hear the language, I can clearly see images, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it looks like people are about to burst into song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, like when he describes when Jesus was born and this, yeah. you know, it's like, what's the lights shining down and people are glowing and it's, yeah. I like, I, so I like that you chose this, this joyous Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, looked, I, looked, I was sitting there sweating this morning trying to remember which one I liked better. In all the Gospels, there's all there. Each of them had their own particular, yeah, um, yeah. <coughs> but kind of you know, <coughs> version. Mark would have been like, they walked through the tomb. There was, it was like, empty. Exactly. Yeah, red light. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. 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 There, there was an earthquake. It was frightening. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's more like repartage. Yeah. 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 yeah, I agree with you. The Luke, mm-hmm. Luke is very, and all throughout the gospel, you know, but yeah, in this story too, it's, it's, it, there's such a, there's such imagery and poetry to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Yeah. And you're right. Peaceful, all that stuff. I can identify with that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good yeah. to have that feeling after in Eastertide. Mm-hmm. You know? And I like the story. I like the story, if you look throughout uh, prior to this, this, kind of the little backstory. It's, to me, it's not so much a backstory, but the story of Mary Magdalene. And like you were saying, it makes me want to read the, the, the Gnostic, Gnostic Gospels. Gospels because, you know, those are the ones that apparently were not, were kind of like tossed aside, I guess, it, during the 6th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, well, these are, these are nice little stories, but they're not going to make the main 
book. They're not supporting our. They're not. Su- um, they're not supporting the male dominance. <laughs> our male yeah. dominance. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But even in this gospel, you get the backstory of Mary Magdalene. You get the uh, idea of a, of a woman that uh, basically, you know, and all women were kind of on the fringes of society anyway. That time. I mean. The only reason they would be allowed to go to the tomb to bring spices and anoint the body is because they were inconspicuous and unimportant. But they were allowed to be leaders in the church. In some, I mean. In in some respect, but not Mary Magdalene. Not very high. Not Mary Magdalene. No, well, no. You know, she was was not considered a, you know, a devout anything. Um, Well, she was healed, and then she converted. Yeah, well, she, she never, she once you once she entered the picture, she never lost faith and was always risking her station. Yeah, by Roman law, though, you know, women were dirt. Yeah, you know, like. pretty much. And you were saying that uh, even Judas had a problem with Mary when she was cleaning the feet of Jesus. Oh yeah, he using did. the expensive <coughs> oil. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 yeah, yeah. He was telling her that she should do it, and she didn't defend herself. Christ defended her, mm-hmm. so she didn't even speak up for herself. Well, you know? It's remarkable that this piece of our history. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, um, there, that these women's the story of these women finding the tomb remains. Yeah, because yeah. so much of history gets rewritten. Yeah, um, and in, in particularly from the perspective of a male, mm-hmm. that I find it remarkable that this story hasn't been overwritten to say that men found the empty tomb, mm-hmm. or that the apostles were the the witnesses. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome that they kept it there. They go, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, and and, and kind of important, not yeah. insignificant that that's yeah. the case because, you know, they go back and, and you know, it kind of it kind of underlines it when they go back and tell the apostles and nobody believes them. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody believes They're them. They're like, right. Yeah, except for, <laughs> and Peter maybe kind of believes them. I think Peter rushes back just because he really, really loved Jesus and, you know, had, had to see him. Yeah. And, you know. Well, it sounds like Peter yeah. takes Cretans beyond the other folks to their words she hears whoa they're not there you know he's not there and he just gets up and buck books it right exactly well, peter was always kind of impulsive <laughs> yeah he was a scaredy yeah. guy he, he was yeah a, he was a bit impulsive he didn't really think before he spoke or mm-hmm. reacted act, yeah but i think that's remarkable that that part stays too even later mm-hmm. on when christ is following these people down the road you know they don't recognize him mm-hmm. i know you know it's like it's it's almost as if, in a way, they they they're, they're struggling with their belief, but the women are not. Yes, so that I was know. what I was going to point out. Yeah. So when you gave me the, the when y'all gave me this topic, I was looking at the women in the Bible, and over and over again, it's how faithful they are, mm-hmm. how obedient they are Stalwart. to what God yeah. you know has planned. Um, yeah. um, m- most most folks, I mean Sarah, you know, she kind of. <laughs> Kick, yeah. Kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, in, Hagar, and it's interesting you mention that because when you think about the debates that Jesus is having, both with the disciples and also with the Pharisees, they're men. They're men like, yeah. well, wait a minute. What about this? What about that? What about this? Mm-hmm. And Except mainly the, 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 the women where it deals, you know, even I can go back to Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, mm-hmm. basically taking the words of the, uh, the angel mm-hmm. for, for granted. I, there are very few women who take in the word of God and debate it and fight it. They basically accept it and like, hey, this they're is the faithful, word. they're obedient, and they serve others. Exactly. And that's exactly what God and Jesus are asking us to do. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, mean, I mean, one of the problems of the apostles is dealing with, you know, the fractioning and, and people debating, no, 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 this is how we interpret the Bible. This is how we interpret you know, the Pharisees. The Pharisees are constantly at odds with Jesus because they have their interpretation yeah. of what the Bible says, yeah. their interpretation of what God is saying. Well, it's just I know, you know, and when Christ talks about like, you know, you know, I'm going to go, and He says it like numerous times to the yeah. apostles. They don't mm-hmm. believe Him. He says, "I'm going to go. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be killed mm-hmm. by, you know, by you people. Yeah, by you know, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and that's the way it's going to be. And you are going to, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to follow and struggle in the same way. And they were yeah. all like, "No, really, and ow, and whiny about that." And mm-hmm. it's like you don't hear women whining about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they know suffering. Yep. You know, they understand it. Right. You know, it's not like some kind of like mystery mm-hmm. or some kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can handle it or whatever. Yeah. You know? it, it, I mean, it's almost very, when I think about the, the debates that the uh, Pharisees have, it's almost just testosterone filled. Yeah. You know, mano a mano and, you know, who, you know, who told you you were the boss? Who said you were the Messiah? You know. We make the rules here. Right. <laughs> Even Thomas, you know, says, "Well, prove it." Oh yeah. And um, are you talking about doubting Thomas. Yeah, doubting Thomas. <laughs> I love it. All the road to Damascus, doubting yeah. Thomas. All these things. So I think about us uplifting <laughs> the women, both in the Bible and also just women in general. Um, the women who basically take in the Word of God. I'm not talking about being subservient and you know being obedient. I mean, but I'm talking about having strength in the Bible and not questioning God, uh, not questioning you know the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I find solace in that. And being given the mystical messages, being like being, you know, having the angels appear to them. Yes. You know, and mm-hmm. talk directly to them. Yeah. You know, like I said, when they came to the, the tomb, mm-hmm. uh, the reason I think they could show up, and not the apostles or anybody else, or not not a guy, mm-hmm. is because the Roman guards there would say would arrest a guy or question a guy, whereas like. Women in that society were so insignificant that they could practically be invisible. Oh, mm. you're oh you're here, you know, uh, to do. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever, go on, here. you know, kind of thing, you know, because it's like they weren't noticed. They were considered, you know, you know, innocuous, or you know, just like yeah. un- unimportant, so unimportant that you really don't even need to think about what they're doing. And yet, these are the messengers. These are the keepers mm-hmm. of wisdom. These are the people who get who start the actions. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. who get the ball rolling. Yeah, and I, th- I I'm glad that that's there because it really it underlines a lot of the things that we're talking about even today in society, mm-hmm. you know, and that we need to talk about, you know, in order to expand our, you know, when they teach us about mm-hmm. they teach us about the, um, you know, the the seven deadly sins really mm-hmm. like how do you accept personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. What if? How do you do deal with jealousy? Yeah. How do you deal with lust? How do you deal with right avarice? Like mm-hmm. all of those things are the things that the women are teaching us. That's exactly right. You know, the, in, in this particular society, and uh, I would argue even on our own, they're the ones who have to maneuver through these things. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, we, but I mean, even Eve. You know, she did believe in God, but then she questioned him, and then she accepted her her responsibility in that mm-hmm. and that she had to leave the garden and live a tough tougher life than the one god had planned for all of us sure <laughs> we were talking about esther in the, in the book of ruth that's right yeah. a little bit and uh there's somebody who yeah, basically had, had to risk everything within this very strict social structure mm-hmm. to save her country to yeah to people yeah to to help 
you know, herself and other women. And now they have a three-day celebration of her yeah. and the Jewish faith. Yeah. Yeah, sir. yeah Purim. Oh, yeah, I was telling you oh, that I have yeah, a um, – <laughs> I have a fr- about her courage. Yeah, I have a friend of mine in uh, in D.C., Regina Johnson, if you're listening. Hey, what's up? Hi, Regina. <laughs> she yeah. has a uh, – she's part of a group called the Women of Esther, and they oh, yeah. they sort of uh, – they have it's a Christian fellowship, but it's based on, you know, em- women empowering themselves, and they use as an example, as a model, Esther. So I think that's fantastic. And I think of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, you know, talk about a 14-, 15-year-old girl who's pregnant, and – has to give birth in a manger and is told. Guess I would what? have had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> right. That, if that happened to me. Yeah. I don't know that I would have taken it with grace. Right. Well, Or uh, dealt with it. Okay, grace. you're an unwed mother and you have to leave town now. And, yeah. And, and, and figure all that stuff out. You have to marry some guy. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the father of your child. Mm-hmm. And deal with all of his issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, you know, they're going to come kill your baby if you don't yeah. leave. And, yeah. you know, all this we crazy. know you're really, really mm. pregnant, but no. you need to ride this bumpy donkey. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Deb, Deb, I have an abstract question for you. Yeah. Uh, being the R re- women representative oh, here. <laughs> How difficult is it to be independent? I mean, to. Because, you know, I, I was reading an article. There's a BuzzFeed article about a woman named Katie McHugh, and uh, she. Hooked up with a boyfriend, and uh, she was one, she was raised in Pennsylvania, very conservative, and used to sort of um, I don't know, just just um, I don't want to say go with the crowd or whatever, but independent thought was not really in, you know taught. So to make a long story short, she hooked up with a guy who was involved in the alt right movement, Steve Bannon, and um, the alt right, and she was writing all sorts of articles and sending tweets or whatever. To make a long story short, she fell away from that. And now her reputation is sort of ostracized because she's known for these very hateful, anti-Semitic, racist tweets. But a lot of it is because she hooked up herself to this guy, this you know man or whatever. So the question is, it, I'm sure it's difficult for a young girl to be taught, hey, I want you to be independent, think for yourself. And even if no one else believes in what you believe in, you still believe in it. Was it difficult um, yeah, that's extremely difficult. What you're talking about is parody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, everyone says she's a strong, independent woman. But to me, like, that's the expectation you have of every male who's born. Yeah, that's right. So that's parody. Yeah. You know, but yet when you do think independently or you make or you're action-oriented or make decisions easily, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've heard this a thousand times. I'm sure everyone has. Then, then that woman gets called a bitch. Yeah, that's you a know? doesn't thing. exactly. But she's acting the exact same as the man <coughs> standing next to her. Or why can't she be nicer? Yeah, why? Why is she so emotional? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she, she's, she said that to him because she's reacting emotionally. Yeah. When if a man said the exact same thing in the exact same tone, he would be lauded for being a, a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, for having, for having strength. For having strength. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's very difficult. And then also then. You know, like, I'm 48. I live alone. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm like a koala. I spend 99% of my time, like, struggling to, to make sure that I have enough food and shelter. Sure. And, and sleep. Yeah. And 1% trying to find a mate. Yeah. No, no, I totally hear you. Is, is there a temptation to say, well, maybe I shouldn't be so independent. Maybe I should just go along with the flow and, or, you know, like, just, you know. Sometimes I have that temptation, and it's sometimes it works out for just a fraction of a, a mm. second. Yeah. And then 
then I'm miserable. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so, because, you know, your day job, you're a, I think you're a coordinator, you're, you're a director. I'm of, actually a, yeah, I'm a consultant in healthcare operations. Right. So I deal with C-suite folks <laughs> and their main concerns and mm-hmm. sometimes... Yeah. But you have to be dominant in your job. I mean, you have to yeah. instruct people what to do. You have to sometimes tell yeah, people things they don't want to. Yeah, I have a team of 28 people. Yeah. Wow. So, and I don't think they would have hired you unless you had those qualities of, listen, I'm going to tell you what you don't, you may not want to hear it, but I've got to tell you, I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah, I'm always like, okay, if this is what you want, here are all the risks that yeah. with that decision. Yeah. But if you put it in writing that that's what you want, then I'll deliver that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that you accept these risks. Yeah. And I thought about that because I think about mothers, and um, usually mothers, you know, the, there's always the, the stereotype of the fa- the fun father, you know, like the father who will take you to ball games and throw the ball around, but not necessarily one who will tell you to wash the dishes or to do the responsible stuff. Did, have, did you do your homework today and, and all that stuff? And the woman is usually the one who is the diligent, responsible one. And although we respect them, I don't know how if we truly embrace them uh, the way that we should thinking about Mother's Day. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I, I was, I, I got that, you know, that mm-hmm. initial thing, but I was being, a, you know, not a woman. Mm, yeah. I, I was <clears throat> trying to dig a little deeper. Sure. Into this Mary Magdalene, because she really struck me as kind of like she's in, she's in on these things. Some people say you she's know? a prostitute, but I so don't think the Bible actually says she is. I don't think, that, you know, but it's I kind don't, of, it seems I like it's remember. inferred, but she's, you know, she's obviously... She has a trade of her own. Yeah. I mean. I think she, she was a rabbi. <clears throat> I think she was. She rabbi. Was, interesting. I think she was a perfumer. Mm-hmm. I think she dealt with perfumes and things because there's a lot of her being involved in that. She said the spices here. She's got the spices here at the tomb. She has that really expensive oil to wash Christ's feet. But one of the things that kind of thinking about her and just <clears throat> thinking about, the you know, the resurrection and and Easter still, in my mind, really, really and, and here in, in my thoughts lately, um, I started thinking about gifts, you know, like the crucifixion, the resurrection, the whole story of the it, and Easter and so forth is like a is God's gift to us. Mm-hmm. You know, this 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 person who's absorbing the world's sins so that we can have a chance to to outperform the way we used to perform. And start thinking about, you know, how, how does God give us gifts? And then what do we do with them? You know, that's – there's so much we could do with them. We could do absolutely nothing with them, like I'm doing right now. I mean, you know, I'm not acting. I'm not doing anything. I'm just kind of Not like, yet. <laughs> no, not yet. But still, I mean, it's like I'm, I'm hiding my light under a bushel. Oh, mm-hmm. light. Oh, light. And then um, – but, you know, or I could give it to myself. All right, you know, whatever gifts. I can just, like, keep it all to myself. It's, you know, I, I get a present or I – get a reward or whatever I just or I could share it with just someone I think is special and like just say like hey I've got this really really nice gift and it's just for you mm-hmm. or whatever or I could share it with the world or I could share it if I really were you know wanted to be like a like a crazy devotional you know you know person like Mary I could share it back with God and I think that's probably the the most meaningful thing because God gives you these gifts, but there's really not a specific expectation about what you're going to do with them. I give them to you. You have free will. Yeah. You know, a lot of times. Here's they, your guidance. A lot of times they say, like, <laughs> well, you mm-hmm. can give it to your friends and family, but 
you know, and even Christ says, you know, hey, you can go out and help your friends and family all the time, and they'll help you, and you'll help them. But that's really not the big challenge. The big challenge is going out and help somebody you really don't know. Sure. Or even help somebody you may find very distasteful. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. give your – how you give your gifts, there's really not a, a, a strict rule. Yeah. It's kind of up to us, whatever we want to <clears> do. I was and, thinking about – And ahead. what's the risk? Sure. You know, the risk about giving your gift to somebody you don't even like or don't know. That's, yeah. That's a big one. When you I, know, that's a hard one for me. That's the one I'm working on right now. It's like I want to, I want a gift. I want to, I have gift. I want to give it to somebody who really, maybe I, who may not appreciate it very much. Sure. But, you know. When when you talk about gifts, and we'll tie it into Mary Magdalene. I was looking up. There's a wonderful article on Smithsonian.com hmm. about Mary Magdalene and who she was and whatever. Yeah. But about gifts. So I was listening. For whatever reason, every time I jump in the YouTube hole, I have no idea what I'm going to be listening to. <laughs> Just dive in. But it was an, it was a, it was a uh, interview with Al Pacino. It was one of these uh, Screen Actors Guilds. They have these interviews with uh, famous yeah. stars. And they were talking about what happens if I study about acting. We're all three actors here. Um, but I don't get discovered. And Al ba- basically says, to make a long story short, you have a gift. Um, it's not – the question isn't will you – be discovered, but will you be ready when the time comes? And when I think about people having a gift, you may not be, you know, helping out others right now for whatever reason, but there'll come a time where someone's going to knock on your door. We've talked about this, a knock at midnight, um, where someone's going to knock on your door. Will you be there to answer it? Mm -hmm. So it's not so much what gifts do you have, but will you be there when someone is, is at that door to knock? Uh, now, if you choose not to open that door, then that's on you. That's the, you know, what I would call sin. Uh, because if you're a Christian, you've got to open the door. You've got to be there for someone. Hey, I want to read this article real quick. But, on, yeah, ahead. real quick, but also your gifts need to nourish themselves yes. so they can be complete and whole for others. That's right. It's very dangerous to, to help someone. So I mean, That downtime is important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about, uh, in, in, like, when I was a kid, I told you I was singing with my dad's group, our rendition gospel singers. And we would go to these churches, and they would have these, some of these ministers who clearly were not ready for the ministry. One was like a eight-year-old kid, and I have no idea why the kid was there. Um, so, you know, you, you have to be careful. You think you have something to give, but you're not completely ready. Um, that's, why, that's why we do this podcast, so that we can learn. You know, we're not saying we're masters of the word you know we want to learn we're growing yeah exactly so smithsonian.com who was she from the new testament we can conclude that mary magdalene her hometown a village on on the shore of the sea of galilee was a leading figure among those attracted to jesus while the men in that company abandoned him in the hour of mortal danger mary of mag mag magdala was one of the women who stayed with him, even to the crucifixion. She was present at the tomb, the first person to whom Jesus appeared after his resurrection, and the first to preach the good news of that miracle. These are among the few specific assertions made about Mary Magdalene in the Gospels. From the other texts of the early Christian era, it seems that her status as an apostle in the, in the years after Jesus' death rivaled even that of Peter. And then it talks about the there's rumors that she was intimate with Jesus, and it goes into but that as well. Rumors that she they were married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you know after his death she did become a rabbi. Yeah, I think so. That's my that's my. She's question. a rebel. I mean, she is clearly a woman ahead of her time. Well, so was Christ. Or she yeah. just her faith was so strong she could not sit on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Well, you know, and going back to when, you know, that, that, that last supper which she was washing mm-hmm. the Christ's feet with this very, very expensive perfume. And they, they said in, a, in, in it was probably worth, like, much more than anyone get, would get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, just like this. In, in, and and that, that sacrifice, you know, just, just, for, just for the gift she wanted to give, mm-hmm. you know, to show honor. But she also believed that yeah, there she, were three days left. Yeah, yep. she, she, you know, yeah. like she, yeah. she was on that train. Yeah, where everybody else was saying, no, no, no. She was like, yeah. I, I got it. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah. Understood. There's, you know, there's something about that that just really moves me. It mm-hmm. kind of makes me feel like I need to be more like this person. Yep. You know, I need to kind of like dig in and find this kind of person, this rebel or this this person, you know, with like that has seems to have no fear, mm-hmm. you know, about following their faith or following their mm-hmm. love. And yeah. Even even if it means sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, that's that to me is a real strong, strong message. And I get it. I get it, in, you know, throughout it. I get it. I got it in Luke, I think, more than anything because Luke speaks kindly and, mm-hmm. and patiently <laughs> to people. It doesn't just like bang your head, yeah. you know, about these things. So you can like go in and you can feel comfortable and safe kind of digging in these nuances. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I don't know. And then it got me all this in this gifts thing. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with that. At this point. <laughs> that's and good. That's my little kind of like, oh, okay, this is what I need to think about right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. What are, what are these gifts and what is like, what's the expectation of these things? Mm-hmm. You know? What do yeah. we expect? When you give somebody, something to someone, do you expect something in return? I mean, what do you expect? Sometimes when, when I God do, gives I you something. Admit. Does God expect <laughs> something in return? And what mm-hmm. specifically is that? And why is that? You know. So I've been just exploring that. Yeah. Small and big gifts, right? Yeah, small and big gifts, and just you know what I I'm, I know there's an expectation there. I know there's one within me, and I know there's one within God. But it's kind of like there's all these choices, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what's kind of fun is there's nothing. There's nothing Hebrew law telling me I got to do stuff with this, mm-hmm. but there's all these little tugs, you know, mm-hmm. saying, "What will you do with it?" And uh, and you have the choice, God. You have free will. That's why I gave you free will. I said you, you can do this or you can not do that, or you can do it this way, or you can not do it. That mm-hmm. way. You know, you can maneuver around. Yeah. And then you know, it just it's a beautiful it's a beautiful way of finding stuff in the stories to me. Yeah. And I'm just finding it fun to kind of meander around and find these little. I feel like gift giving is completely fulfilling. It, it is. It's more for fulfilling me. for me Even than if receiving it's just like gifts. Op- somebody opens a door for me, I'm like, oh, I'm a lady. <laughs> I will walk through the yeah. day as such. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, some, of the, some of the best gifts that I get, some of the best gifts that I get are cards. I hardly uh-huh. throw away a card, especially if someone actually writes into it, not just sincerely, you Jennifer's know, Joe or whatever. Jennifer's so good about that. Jen Daly, yeah, yeah, she's Love fantastic. Her. Yeah, yeah, good, good card writer. Yeah, yeah, because you know people just write down what I perceive or you know what their truth like. You know, like I don't know anybody who really does that anymore. That's wild. Don't yeah, you, Jen does. Well, yeah, Jen does. But you mean like like the end of a show or oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, or like a celebration. I don't know. And someone will write down, Reg. You know, I think, and I, you, you get to hear words that you never heard before. I think my grandma, them. my grandma Connie. Um, uh, uh, Daisy's grandmother Connie, uh, she would just she was good. Yeah, she'd write entire like, like just an entire episode of what wow. happened that week on a on a Christmas card. 
very small. It was like oh, hard to get it all there. So like, wow, every card, uh, every card we got was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like wow. Getting, it's like a whole gazette. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to share this Bible verse. Uh, we're, I was th- looking at women and what the Bible yeah. say about mothers. Talk about some of those women. Proverbs. Well, I'll just read this verse. Mm. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five through thirty is really really sweet. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. That's Proverbs 30? That's Proverbs 31. 31. Verse 25 through 30. That's wonderful. That's powerful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. What a, what a owe to uh, to women to mothers. Yeah, that is lovely. Yeah, it's absolutely lovely. We've reached a half hour mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> any any less? Uh, you Were know. Were there other women in your um, mother's? Uh, so let's see. Research uh, that you wanted to call out. Let's see. I uh, I was kind of interested more today this morning in Rachel. Oh yeah. Um, ah. Tell us about that. You know, she her family kind of screwed her over. <laughs> and let her older sister marry the person she was in love with. And she waited a really, really long time to be his second wife. Wow. Um, and she had, you know, she and her sister, like, competed then of who could be carry the, you know, have children. And many of the women that are called out in the Bible as well, I should point out, are they're either prostitutes or mothers. And most of the mothers that are called out are all in the line of the of King David. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Jesus is lying. Oh, okay, yeah. Keep so keep they're all like, here, here are the important women in this line. Yeah, that's right. Bloodline. Keep that story. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of makes sense to them all, right? Yeah, but Rachel also apparently had some miscarriages, and she's the she's the saint of women who have lost their children. Oh, interesting! Wow, wow. And I, yeah, I, I think there's a special. It's not that phrase, but yeah. like mm-hmm. a lot of Catholic churches have. Um, these groups, these Rachel groups, where they go and um, they say prayers over the babies. Wow, yeah, that's special. There, well, there is a list. Uh, just, I just did a, a type list of mothers in the Bible. Eve is the first mother, you know, um, and Eve is often criticized for tempting Adam with the apple and and all of that. Eve was the first woman and the first mother without a single role model or mentor. Mm-hmm. She paved the maternal way to become mother of all li- all of all the living. Uh, and then we have Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Yeah. Uh, one of the w- most important women of the Bible. She was the wife of Abraham, who made her the mother of the nation of Israel. Uh, so yet many Sarah paintings was there. and portraits of these women. Yeah, Rebecca, the wife of Isaac. Uh, Rebecca, she's the one. Uh, Jacob. Jacob was her son, and she favored him. Mm-hmm. And that was the one that Isaac was supposed to sacrifice. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Uh, that famous story. Yeah. Jochebed, mother of Moses, uh, is one of the underappreciated mothers of the Bible, yet she also showed tremendous faith in God. To avoid the mass slaughter of the Hebrew boys, she and her baby, uh, uh, she set her baby adrift in the Nile River, hoping someone would find him and raise him. Of course, I think about that wonderful movie, Cecil B. DeMille, we talk Uh about it all the time. (laughs) Um, Hannah, the mother of Samuel the prophet, um, is one of the more touching... Uh, stories in the Bible, like several other mothers in the Bible, she knew 
what it meant to suffer long years of barrenness. In Hannah's case, she was cruelly taunted by her husband's other wife, but Hannah never gave up on God. Finally, her heartfelt prayers were answered. She gave birth to a son, Samuel. There's a lot of barrenness. Yeah. Before, and then prayer, and then fruit. Yeah. That's 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 an interesting theme. Allegory, right? Yeah. Bathsheba, the wife of David, Mm -hmm. uh, the object of King David's lust. David even arranged to have her husband Uriah the Hittite killed, killed to get him out of the way. And God was so displeased with David's action that he struck dead the baby from that union. In spite of heartbreaking circumstances, Bathsheba remained loyal to David. Her next son, Solomon, was loved by God and grew up to mm-hmm. become Israel's greatest king. Then we have Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Now, she's another one. I have, I'm have. i old, no children. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> Barren in her old now age. Now I'm going to carry the prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth was another of the miracle mothers in the Bible. She conceived and gave birth to a son. She and her husband named uh, named him John. An angel had instructed them to name him John. Like Hannah before her, she dedicated her son to God. And like Hannah's son, he also became a great prophet. And then we have, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. I just want God to know really quickly that I, even though I'm 48, I, I, I'm not ready to carry a child. <laughs> Please don't pick longer? me. Please don't pick me. All right. Well, <laughs> today's, technolo- today's technology is uh, getting better and better, so no. it's possible. No. no, I know, but I'm just... Yeah. If something, Just because I've been praying a lot, not necessarily about that, mm-hmm. like I'm just... I did read a news There's article. another prophet on their way. Don't pick me. <laughs> I, did, I did read an article that the, I think there was a 60-year-old. No <laughs> angels with lightning faces, please. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a 60-year-old woman who gave birth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To her grandchild. Yeah. 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 I mean, but then, like, Janet Jackson had a baby at, what, That's right. 52? That's, That's right. That's right. And so. that, the, that weightlifting woman, Dolph Lundgren's. Oh, um, Bridget Nielsen? That's a long time ago, yeah. I think of Flav- she Flav- just had a baby, too. Well, yeah, she was with Flav, Flav too, but then she broke off of that. I, I okay. can't remember who her husband is it, now. Adventurous, adventurous woman. <laughs> Non-mothers that I was looking, just, just looking through. Yeah. Let's talk about Martha for a minute. Martha Bethany. Okay. She okay. was there at the end. Right yeah. Um, she, she, she's, they don't, we don't talk about her being a mother. We talk about her, you know, hosting Jesus and the apostles mm-hmm. and how she kind of got snippy at her sister and talked about that one time. I think and she how was Jesus was like, no, no, no. Right, right. But That's she's like Jesus's friend. Like she's the cool friend of Jesus. I think she was also kind <laughs> I of, think, I don't know. You, yeah. you might say that she's one of the first deacons. Yes. Uh, because she was there to serve. Yeah. You know, to serve the apostles, to serve Christ. And she but she's she, one of the rare ones that were not yeah. like she took on that. She was barren, she then took she on had that a role. child, right, or, right. Or she was the mother of so and so. It's mm-hmm. not because it's not as I said often that we talk about right. women, yeah, in the Bible. But, but you, you look at it just like there's so many examples, and they all have they all have very direct purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like there's very direct purposes. There's not a lot of ambiguity about no. that. Yeah, you know? which I like a lot. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I even think about Ramesses the Third's uh, queen. Who took in Moses and adopted Moses as her own? Again, another risk taker. Yeah, mm-hmm. another person who's not really playing by the book. Sure, you know. And I'm sure she knew that this child is Hebrew, and you know, she didn't have any anti-Semitic thoughts at all. She was like, "Listen, this is a baby who needs to be loved. Yeah, and this is where and I'm, I need a child. This is my purpose, and this is what I'm going to do." Yeah, and I was like, "Cool." 
And what I'm is sure that she thought saying? Of it behind every too. strong man is a strong woman. Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the other way around. Sometimes it doesn't go well, like in yeah. the Scottish play. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always fun, too. Out, 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 out damn spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brief handle. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I got to go. Okay. <laughs> Can Close I leave this out? Yes. Sure. Okay. Thank you, Je- thank you, Jesus and God, and everyone here and listening. Thank you for having letting us come in and explore your word brings us so much joy and wisdom and and love and hopefully we can find these things both in our fellow men and women and in all people and and be able to spread it around evenly and lovingly the way you want us to do let's go forth and do the things that you want us to do in jesus name amen amen Amen. all right a good one and um happy mother's day to everyone uh we will skip Next week, and uh, we'll be back on, I believe, the... And it'll be Reg's turn. I forget. Well, what's the date? Uh, holiday the 4th. Uh, da, 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 da. 7, 11, 7, 18th. Okay, yeah. On the 18th. <laughs> All righty. And here is my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe it all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us, on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm at Reg Space Clay. You can find Deb Calgary at DL Carragher. Uh, Craig, we're still trying to get him on uh, social media, but that's uh, been difficult. But you can also reach all of us on uh, Facebook, our personal Facebook account. And also, uh, we have a You Gotta Have Faith Facebook page. So you can always um, let us know what you think of the podcast on there. Um, Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years. And even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast where you're listening to it now, but just tell your friends on the Apple Podcast app or really any app that you use to listen to podcasts or on iTunes if you're one of those who listen to your uh, your podcasts on a desktop or a laptop. You can just open up your iTunes app, click on store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for You Gotta Have Faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download SoundCloud or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you'll find us. Thank you for listening and God bless each and every one of you. Oh!